Welcome, Anime Loungers, to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and I am here with my other host, Matt. Today, we have a guest host, and his name is Alec. Hello, everyone. Alec is another super nerd who happens to be in my family line. Um, Alec, how about you introduce yourself to our guests by letting us know what got you into anime and perhaps your top three favorite anime? Sure, yeah. So what got me into anime was probably, I must have been around eight or nine years old, my older brother introduced me to Toonami. And I was re- I got hooked instantly. My favorite were Zoids, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, and... Um, and Gundam. Really, uh, I think the Wing Zero series is what really uh, got me in. As far as my top three animes, call me a little basic, but I like the classics. I go for Naruto, Hunter x Hunter, and Sword Art Online are probably my top three go-tos. I can rewatch those every single year and not n- never lose track. Man, yeah. Zoids. I haven't watched Zoids in years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still have it on VHS. I have like three of, I have two seasons on VHS. Oh, I'm like, just... mom, you can never get rid of these. <laughs> yeah, let's just date ourselves a little bit here. <laughs> VHS. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like, at least we have a, another mech uh, fan on our side because... Yep. Personally, I never got too involved in the mech, but not that I disliked it to begin with, because there's there's a couple anime that I truly enjoyed that had mech aspects, but Zoids, obviously, pure mech. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Awesome. Well, great to have you here with us today, Alec. So before we get any further, let's introduce our adult beverages of choice. Today, I will be drinking the Glenfiddich 12-year, and I will be chasing that down with a Wisconsin Lining Kugel's Summer Shandy. Matt, what are you drinking? Today, I'm going to be drinking a Dewar's Age 12-year, and then I will be having my typical Nuclaris Spotted Cow. Alec, what about you? Today, I'm drinking the Suntory Whiskey Toki, and chasing that down with a Summer Shandy as well. Lance, before we get started, can you give us a synopsis about this season one of Rising of the Shield Hero? Right. In this series, we follow our main character, Naofumi, who gets isekai into a book, and we get to see his struggles to prove his worth after getting screwed over by the kingdom that he is summoned into. There is three other heroes that get summoned, a spear, a bow, and a sword. You would imagine that they are all pretty badass, and you know they have their moments, um, but they're also assholes to begin with. They're all major assholes. Anyway, our hero learns how to fend for himself and progresses further than all of these other heroes, which is kind of strange, but Nafumi gets this awesome team that gets to follow along with him that takes care of the attacking aspects, and we get to learn how Nafumi rises above the rest of the heroes, and shit goes wrong, obviously, and we get to learn from there. And now that's as far as I'm going to go with the synopsis. <laughs> And before we get any much further, let's just get into Lance's lessons. Today's Lance's lessons is going to be the Japanese word for catastrophe. That is dai sanji. That is D A I S A N J I. Dai sanji, which is fitting for this episode because each wave 
is called the wave of catastrophe and wave of catastrophes are what is causing the world to suffer to begin with which is why the heroes are summoned so matt do we have any favorite characters that we would like to talk about man so i would say my favorite character i'm, I'm kind of gonna go chalk here and just go with now for me because he has the most to deal with he has the biggest struggles and the greatest leaps and bounds compared to what he started off with because you know he got completely screwed over when he gets there gets isekai into his new world and has to work from absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. and like you had said he rises above all the asshole heroes who are i will say completely useless they're completely useless for the most part, yeah. It's mm-hmm. and so he acts as if he is this big asshole, but in reality he's not. He goes around helping all these people, goes around cleaning up after all the messes the other heroes yeah. create. And yes, he comes he tries to play that persona of being a bad guy, but you can tell he's not. Right. Right. I mean, just to begin with, he's the one that had to suffer the most and he's the one that had to learn the fastest. So yep. like essentially he's matured way beyond the other heroes mm-hmm. who in general all came on their high horse because they all thought they knew how to handle this world based off of these fake ass video games that they thought that they were playing yeah they were acting as if it was a video game you know just killing a dragon and then oh the the body will disappear oh sure we don't have to worry about it like yeah because i mean i don't necessarily well, what was that the bow hero that killed the dragon or the, mm-hmm. the, the bow, sword hero did the sword hero yeah, that's dragon, right yep, the sword yep. hero killed the dragon yeah and in a video game you would imagine that that would just disintegrate and mission done but yeah. not only is this not exactly a video game but there's also a real life aspect that you know this thing still needs to die and decompose de- exactly it needs to decompose in some form and it's gonna destroy the village that below it and i thought that was an amazing aspect of this yeah they, they made it real life aspects into the anime while still making it pseudo game-like so right. it, was, it was really good. Alec, what about you? What's you? Who is your favorite character? My favorite was uh, probably Ren, the sword hero, because <laughs> he thought the most critically out of everyone. He didn't just kind of take everything at face value like uh, Matsuya did, uh, where, you know, you tell him the sky is green. And he's like, oh, wow, it is. It's a beautiful <laughs> shade of green there. Not even looking up. Whereas Ren, you know, he was given a lot of chances of, hey, this is what happened. He's like, huh, this might have actually happened. Let me look into that. He would kind of decide for himself and think for himself. Also, in all the training scenes, you know, you kind of see him with all of his interesting sword play. The the spear hero is just jabbing at things. The bow does what a bow does. They shoot things. Like, it's kind of no figure. But with Ren's training scenes, he's actually, like, you're going, you're seeing his sword play. You're seeing his sword movement. And he's actually forming skills and techniques Whereas everyone else is kind of using basic attack patterns. One thing I will say is every fight scene where you see them, they all use the same attack. Meteor strike! (laughs) Everybody. Everybody at all the same time. Everyone uses either lightning, everyone uses meteor... And that was probably the top two. I mean, there might have been a third There was one. a thunder strike, a lightning strike, and a meteor strike. And you could tell that they went in phases. Yeah. Like, kind of like... They um, went in unison, basically. Like, in Kingdom Hearts, you know, there's fire, fireaga, fireaga blast, or whatever. And, like, it seemed like meteor blast was that video... Like, I'm doing air quotes right now for everyone. Yep. It's like the... 
you know, this is the highest level spell or highest level skill, and they have to say it kind of like a Pokemon says their name. <laughs> exactly. And that was their strongest form of attack that they knew, and I think that's why they got really surprised when other heroes are are saying different kind of spell incantation incantations, and they're like, whoa, I never realized you could get that far in depth on it. So I, I feel like they all just kind of single-pointed, oh, Meteor Strike this, Meteor Strike that, and never really seemed to do much. I agree. That's pretty much on the point. That's what I was thinking about. Everyone being in unison. <laughs> that that was their strongest move. And I don't why, know anything else, so I'm just going to use this one yeah, attack. Why offer variety? It's like, um, oh man, who is who is the second evolution of Caterpie? Metapod. Oh, Metapod. Metapod, when he uses Harden. And that's the only one <laughs> he has. It was an episode. And both Ash and that... Uh, <laughs> Suit that samurai suited guy, like there's just a battle to the dawn of who can use Harden the most. <laughs> Such a boring episode. For me. Uh, it was alright. Or like in the games where you use it so many times, the defense, defense will not go up. It'll not go any higher. And it's, okay, well, I guess I'll use this until I have to struggle after I get rid of thirty fucking PP wor- worths of Harden. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But Lance, who is your favorite character? I am kind of currently struggling between two characters. Okay. Um, I want to choose between Lark and Philo. Okay. And Phil- Lark and Philo. Uh huh. Why Philo? Uh, Philo because she she has this like enormous growth spurt between being like age zero and age one, basically. Like it's just very strange. And for our viewers, Philo is the chocobo. <laughs> the yeah. Final Fantasy Chocobo that can flip Florial. between Florial. Yeah, that's what she's called on the show. Yep. She can flip between a bird and a human. Whereas uh, uh, more of a bird and an angel, really. She's got those wings. Mari- yeah. Um Modi trying to blank. Modiyasa? Modiyusa? Modiyuso? Huh? How do you say his name? Modiyasa. Yeah. The Spiro, yeah. Modiyasa. Yeah, Modiyasu. Modiyasu. There's a U at the end. Oh. Modiyasu. With the big fat bird, as he would call her. Oh, oh yeah. He'd get kicked in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, she, he didn't know that that same pretty angel girl is the same fat bird that he <laughs> despised. Anyway, the reason I'm choosing between the two is because Lark, who was the otherworlder with the scythe, is just, to me, flat awesome. Like, I've always loved scythe users. I always think mm-hmm. they have this darkness, this awesomeness to them, like this edginess. They always come out on top like cool. Like they're all, they always have that cool factor. But at the same time, Philo has that enormous growth spurt, and we get to learn that Philo is being trained under the Shield Hero, and she's next in line to be like not necessarily a princess, but like this like next in kin for being this super amazing. She'll be the queen of the Florial Florials. Yeah, Florials. Yeah. There we go. That's that's amazing. yeah that word. Mm-hmm. Besides even being the next queen. She's just super strong, super fast to begin with, and uh, she's super loyal. And yep. every time Naofumi goes into his rage mode, for whatever reason, she gets affected at the same time. And I thought that was always a cool thing to infuse in that. And Matt, you want to say something about that? So they do explain it, Alec. Do you do you remember what the reasoning behind both of the rage? For her, I know in front of the first one uh, was when they were facing the dragon, the undead dragon, and it was because Philolials and dragons are mortal enemies, so it kind of activated something deep within Philo, and that's why she kind of resonated with the rage and kind of went into her little super mode, little all fast and strong, really quick. But so that was more glass cannon. That was that one. For that they, scene? Yeah. So but what about she, post? Because she's got, she's she, been affected post. So 
she she kind of goes into that rage mode because she kind of th- really this is her first true battle ever at that point when she fights the dragon so then she just kind of zones in on the dragon but the reason they go over it the reason why during the fight with glass is because she swallows the dragon crystal she ah, swallowed that crystal from right. a dragon and then yeah she had that purple glow in her stomach mm-hmm. yep and then Naofumi has the crystal in his shield so that's why they it combined is because the crystals are reacting to each other but I thought she threw didn't she she only threw this... a part of it oh so part of it's still inside of her yep. oh, oh I didn't catch that okay I didn't catch that either I assumed when she threw it up and he absorbed it into his shield like that was all undone and she just somehow got affected by it but apparently a little bit of it's still in her yep so she's, they she's she talks about how she that out or anything got she still she ate part of it and or threw up part of it so i watched it twice and then obviously reading the manga i read it a third time so or read it and then got to see it a third time yeah so you got a good grasp on it yeah obviously damn well that's pretty interesting i guess i didn't really catch that the, my first time through the only thing is that when he went pseudo rage the third time when he was fighting the pope she didn't get all berserk so I don't, i'm not 100 percent sure i wonder if it's only when she's in her bird form that she goes crazy maybe because if you say that when nafumi went rage at the end of the series as well mm-hmm. like when he was starting to go rage before he got stopped like she w- we didn't get to see that she was starting to get affected maybe that could have just been like a cut scene that we didn't need to see but like no. at the same time what if she was getting affected we didn't know blah 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 but like yeah we didn't see that she was getting affected at that point either yeah yeah i'm not too sure what's going on with that one so it'll be interesting to see if he goes rage again or when he goes rage again if we see her go berserk as well yeah yeah because i don't really remember her going i think she only went berserk twice yep yeah yeah it was just those two was times it, she only got, yeah i think she only truly got affected it twice didn't yep. it wasn't it also against the the dragon the um tyrannosaurus rex dragon thing uh no they were her stomach was glowing in reaction to the t-rex's stone in his stomach or whatever you want to call it okay so because she didn't go berserk it was just those two crystals were reacting to each other gotcha okay one thing i do want to say i'm glad i finally got to get you to watch this though because it's probably been what like two three years since yeah it's been a long (laughs) time okay so yeah this is uh april of 2022 this anime came out in what 2019 2019 Mm -hmm. yep and yeah so obviously it's been three years since this anime came out um full disclosure we are honestly covering this anime because of launch of season two yep right so now we're here and matt wanted to watch this for the longest time and i was negligent to watch this because once again me like many other people have judged this book by its cover and i thought what fun is an anime that's gonna make a shield the main character and Fuck, dude, I was proven wrong. Hardcore. Yes, because I mean, nobody ever picks a shield. Nobody no. ever picks wanting to be a shield guy. So even when, I, so when I play Skyrim, I I don't even run around with a shield. Like I'll run with a sword and no shield over a shield and a sword. Like I would, a one-handed sword is better than a sword and a shield. Right. Because we always think what's quicker. Yep. We we, we just want to get 
from point A to point B as fast as possible. And if you can cut your way there, awesome. Yep. So this is actually one reason why I've always wanted to watch this because I am that one out of a thousand <laughs> people where I do like picking the shield uh, and, and going full tank because everyone goes for DPS, you know, damage per second. Yep. Everyone wants to either be DPS button mashing melee or they want to be casting ma uh, major spells in the background or just sitting off and, you know, picking people off with range. Nobody wants to be the tank. I am always the tank in every video game I play because it's the most sought out for role because nobody's playing it because everyone's like, oh, I don't want to sit there eating damage. But that's a really important role to play. Someone has to be there taking all the damage so everyone else can just focus on bringing whatever it is down. And that was his role. His role was to sit there, take the punches. I mean, you saw that in episode two when he's going up against uh, that two-headed wolf uh, wolf creature and dude is taking hits. He's bleeding. He's having a hard time, but he can't really do anything because he's the tank. And that's his role is to take the punches so someone else can dish out the damage. And I think it's really interesting for a, for a show, especially with the whole virtual reality uh, VR MMO style that, that Rising the Shield Hero is, is because everything, you know, you think of Sword Art Online. Dude doesn't only have one sword, he's got two swords. And oh, yeah, that was a special skill that made him approve beyond mm -hmm. everybody. So everyone always, every show like that always goes on the offensive and you never see the defensive character side of the story. Or if you do, they're usually just some big guy in the background with a bunch of armor on and no real personality development. So I thought this was really cool animated to show that side. Mm -hmm. You did an amazing job explaining all of that, but like, never mind, I can't even capitalize on that. Like, <laughs> fuck, man, I had a little bit to say, but like, never mind, you, you said it so well. Cheers. Kanpai. Kanpai. <laughs> um, yeah, so now Nafumi truly utilizes the shield to his fullest extent and i really couldn't see this used in any other way other than like in a form of resentment or like rage or like like fuck these guys why am i gonna sit here like the way i went into this show is like i expected our main character to be the bitch to stand in front of every army and be the stupid little shield while everyone else behind them does all the actual attacking you know that's what you kind of expect but this show does such an awesome job at showing that like it doesn't have to be that way yep and i think that's what who all of our potential viewers like me who judge the book by its cover needs to recognize that that's not what this is about and it's a badass anime for a reason yeah it's it shows you that you can be that being essentially the shield isn't necessarily the worst thing it's as you were saying alec just somebody has to take the damage at one point especially when you're seeing all these catastrophes going on it's like people are taking damage and now fumi's like well i guess i'll be that guy that kind of either distracts people brings the beast that becomes the center of attention by bringing in everybody so that either his teammates can attack him or lark and his crew can attack the monsters and yeah it was kind of something where i thought that maybe being a shield isn't necessarily the worst thing what did you guys think of the teamwork used between um naofume and his his typical team of you know the sword spear and bow and the teamwork that he used with lark and uh the gem hero uh the, the other girl 
I cannot remember her name. Therese. Therese, yes. Yeah. Uh, Lark and Therese, um, how, what do you think about the team when they are all fighting at the end? Because they, he did at first start the fight with his original team, and then later on the fight he used Lark and Therese. What do you think about their different styles on bringing, uh, bringing a major boss down? Okay, I guess I'm a little confused on how you wanted this to be answered. Like, how do we think about how Naofumi would have taken down an enemy as his original team of three versus how we teamed up with Lark well, I think and you're wondering else? about the the other heroes so the four heroes are we talking about the wave mm-hmm. of catastrophe yes yeah, yeah. so in the okay. in the wave of catastrophe so they started out in using their normal kind of fight pattern of we're all going to fight using our best move at the same time <laughs> whereas the other whereas Lark and Therese their strategy was you know let's combo up our moves to form you know, one really big strong attack instead of four pinpointed attacks. Do you think that that worked better? Is a better strategy than just launching everything you've got or? Well, let me, are, are you also saying, cause you say that I'm also thinking about the spear hero who also has like his team of like three other, uh, girls who give him in- incantations to do the combo. Like, are you referring to that? Like, yes. Combo attacks versus Naofumi who is not using combo attacks. Not well, really. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically... It's I have wondered this myself. Lark, uh, Therese... Theris? Theris. Therese. Therese. There you go. Sorry. Uh, Lark, Terrace, and... Therese. God damn it. So it's Lark, Terrace, Therese. God damn it. <laughs> Therese, right? So yes. Just deep breath. So I think what you're trying to say is kind of where Lark, Therese... Mm-hmm. And now Fumi, you know, actually work as a team. Crazy concept. Or where all the other heroes basically do their own thing and attack, quote unquote, as a team. But they're all just using their strongest attack on the monster and then do absolutely nothing the rest of the time because they're completely useless. I don't know if anybody can tell how how I feel about the other heroes. It's who knows. Like when they came in and asked for like the drops, like, oh, all the heroes share. And even now for me is like yeah yeah that would have been doing that would have mattered if you guys actually did something yeah right i'm so happy you said that like he's such an (laughs) awesome asshole i love i love how he is like that oh then so in the manga it's even better because then they give an excuse oh well those attacks use all our sp so we had to revive our sp in order to attack some more it's like well then don't use a move you can only use once against a monster you have to fight for oh. more than one attack. You want to know what's going to be some BS about that is that I I'm pretty sure they made mention in the anime somewhere that I'm pretty sure the other three awesome ass heroes are on much higher levels than Nafumi is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we learn at the end of the series after the experience share uh, arc that Nafumi gets at like level 70. He's 73. Something, mm-hmm. Yeah, so something very close to that. Yep. And if we were to assume that these other heroes are way beyond him, at least maybe that was early in their series. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not too sure. No, they, they're talking about being higher level than Nafumi even at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. at the end, they're talking okay, yeah. about being because they were saying like we are at a much higher level than you yet you are able to to hold your own better than we are what sheet moves are you using that you're stronger than us even though you're at a lower level the op shield they keep calling it i'm like it's oh my god it's not really that and he's like well i actually work and put effort into this while you guys just go around doing dumb shit but anyway keep going to your to your uh question or statement honestly i lost track where i was going (laughs) 
Um, uh, you were much higher level, um, but they used all their SP, you know, using those meteor blasts. You know, if they're that much higher level, shouldn't they also recover a lot faster than two? Ooh, something about the SP. <laughs> Lance is having a brain fart right now. It's the okay. only time SP's really other mentioned in the show, at least, is when he's using the Soul Eater shield against Glass. Yeah. Yep. He's like, normally against monsters, this only sucks out their SP. Yep. But for you, it's draining your life force as well. Yep. Yeah, and just to carry on that, it made me wonder, like, because they're from, like, essentially a whole other universe, like a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so, I mean, it's very strange because everything is revolved around the shield. So, yep. Glass, instead of receiving uh, spiritual energy or whatever, was uh, draining her health. And Lark, who just so happened to be perfect against the shield, was, like, had this special ability to cut through a shield and damage directly. So there was, weirdly enough, like pros and cons on this other world that directly affected the shield itself. So I wonder what that means for this other world. I mean, I have so many questions to ask about season two. I mean, we can get into that a little bit later, but like we can talk about this in the So I will say, Naofumi does talk about how he has an idea of what glass is, and in the manga they go into it. So we can talk about that later. Okay, because I am curious. I haven't started season two yet, so I don't want any spoilers. So it's... (laughs) It's not a spoiler, it's just a it's just a difference from the manga to the anime because in the anime Naofumi talks about he's like huh I wonder and then he kind of just moves on and starts attacking Glass but in the manga he goes more into it and like I said I'll I'll bring that up later on when I go into the manga mentions I guess we can talk about our favorite fights one thing I do want to mention is the only reason why I didn't pick Lark was because you really only get him for like three episodes so there's no real development with Lark yeah I, I totally agree there's no true development. I'm just super ass interested in him. Yep. It's not like he had a super amazing thing. Like yep. at the same time, he was on par with Glass. Like that bitch shows up, slashes up that soul eater like nobody's business. Yep. And then fucks off. Same deal with Lark. Even though at this, you know, after uh, Nafumi was able to level up enough to defend himself, everything was hunky gory after that. But like now we learn that he's from a whole different world and now I just want to know so much more. Which just to kind of go into what season two is about, that will, if I had to guess, we hopefully we'll get more information about that or if we, Mark If at we all. don't, I'm going to be so insanely mad. Just because they introduced him and the second world. So you feel yeah. like they would have to like keep reintroducing him like at some point. If he's not a, like a main character in season two i will be surprised yeah that'd be really weird Like, because he's obviously oh this is gonna be one of my questions yep. um because we have the four cardinal heroes of you know let's just call it our world because that's yep. what we know yep. and now we got this other world but we only know of three of their cardinal heroes mm-hmm. so are they gonna also have a fourth cardinal hero that we'd have yet to learn about or is or do we know what we know See, I have a theory on that where I think we've only been introduced three because I think there are only three because one must have died. And they keep saying that all four heroes 
have to die in order to reset the world. So that's why their catastrophe is getting out of hand and they have to come to this world to kill off the four heroes because they don't have four heroes to kill off. They only have three. So they have to go to another world to kill off those four and then maybe somehow their world gets saved from that. But I don't think that they have a fourth hero remaining, which is what's causing the problems between the worlds. I can see that. That's what I kind of gather from it. Why would they only show three if everyone else has tales of four heroes? Sure. And they make a really strong indication. Like, Fitoria says, I have to kill all four of you. At the very beginning, they said the only way you can return to your world is if all four of you die. So that means if all, if only one of them dies, that means the three are basically left there stranded a man down and have no way to defeat the cast, uh, catastrophes. Ooh, good point. Because Glass isn't afraid to die. Because if mm-hmm. she dies, then mission solved regardless. So it's either all or nothing at that point. Exactly. Yep. Okay, I'm totally on board with that. I can see that the only thing I kind of take back is the the fact that one of them died, so now they're coming to that one to kind of... It's just... I don't really see that one, but I could be wrong. It's, I mean, it is, it is questionable. Yeah, why would they even come to another world to begin with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that'd be interesting. I'm curious to see what happens in... I guess we're going to go down the Season 2 route, so it'll be interesting Interesting to see what happens in season two. Also, just in case anybody wants to know, this is a light novel as well. So mm-hmm. in case anybody wants to actually read the, the light novel to really go take that deep dive into Rising of the Shield Hero, you can do that as well. But to go back to season two, it'll be interesting. I don't think Lark is going to be a main character in season two because then that means he would have teleported to his own world to immediately teleport back into our world. That to me, that seems a little not plausible. I feel like something's going to happen and then he's going to teleport or come back to our world. I feel like something has to happen before he comes back. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's even strange to begin with that he has access to both worlds. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm wondering if the heroes have an ability to be able to transport between worlds or what's going on. Like, how do they have that ability to be able to transfer between between the worlds? Well, they do have teleporting and, you know, the whole scene series uh now for me doesn't even know about teleporting he's traveling the long route everywhere right. and getting experience along the way it turned out to be good for him but everyone else is using teleports what if these heroes have found a way to not only teleport to different places within their own world but also different universe worlds yeah and i can totally piggyback on that because they can only teleport to where they've been is, is that the yep. rule mm-hmm. yep. okay so te- traveling from place to place is going to be eventually a good thing for now for me awesome so these other these other worlders are gonna we, we can assume now that they're gonna have the potential to teleport between their world and our world back and forth um i mean i don't want to i don't know how much further i want to go there than that but like the thing that honestly throws me off is that these new worlders are at a very very similar level to our heroes they're actually which, less they are very like uh lark was only level 53 yeah lark was 53 while now for me was in his I think, 70s mm. well i think he was 60 when they talked about it when they were going to the island yeah yeah or the archipelago 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 yeah so when they when they were talking about levels he was talking about how he's like 60 or 60 something Mm -hmm. and lark and them were 53 and 50 or something along those lines literally way more powerful than you know even the higher level spear sword and bow heroes yes so it it looks like their level doesn't really 
matter compared to the skill set that they have with their weapons. So I think Motoyusa, Motoyoso has it, Motoyosu has it right, the spear hero, where, you know, when they were all arguing of who had the best training methods and um, the shield hero is like, well, you have to collect everything first. And uh, the sword hero is like, no, you had to develop your, um, your, your skill Skills. sets. And then the spear is like, no, you have to upgrade your spear, your weapon stats as high as possible. And the bow was like, no, you have to find the rarest item. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm, rare um, definitely means better. Right. So I wanted to, yeah, just to tag along like that, like everybody had their own specialized way to get their own special item. And what we learned was that Naofumi on the side was like, yeah, if you believe that that's the way to do it, then you get a skill upgrade to begin with. So if everybody believed that that was the way to upgrade yourself, that yes, if you found a secret weapon and you found some way to upgrade and you, whatever, like if we were to combine all of our special ways to upgrade or define the most powerful weapon, then we can all get the, the most powerful weapon, which would be, which was, I would assume is going to happen in season two. Like, everybody's going to come to the same agreement that we can all have this badass weapon. I feel like it's going to take a lot longer than one season for all of them to finally cooperate with each other. Oh, yeah. But at least get an idea of why they should cooperate. I still don't, I still don't see him cooperating in season two, like at all. Because even after the final catastrophe, they were accusing Nalphamy of cheating and doing all these other things. So they, they want absolutely nothing to do with anything he's saying. So they, they still just want to do whatever they want. And I feel like season two will be no different. I maybe season three maybe i can see maybe the bow being more on board with the shield Mm -hmm. because i think he's a little bit more logical like futuristically logical i don't that's just my perception he's Um, the most willing to change yeah exactly and then he's got that hero complex so i don't know if he's willing to do anything that he doesn't believe is worthy of being a hero maybe but I guess if I was to make like a hierarchy of who's the next to follow along with this this method, it would be the bow, then the sword, then the spear, because mm. obviously they made the spear to be this idiot <laughs> who uh, has this the biggest ego. Yep, the the pretty boy, as they you could call him, pretty much. And his followers, I I want to see more of um Itsuki, the um the bow's followers, because I mean you kind of see the spear heroes like they're. He guess he went with all magicians to compliment his bow. And like the sword hero, he's got spear. or and then yeah, the spear hero's got everyone to uh, has just the magicians. For his combo but, attacks. But the bow had the most dynamically well diverse team, but you never really see them in action. The only right. one you see is the green hair chick at the end. Mm-hmm. Risha. Yeah. Risha. Yep. Risha. Who will be a part of this is kind of kind of a spoiler. I I mean no. episode twenty five, Risha officially joins mm-hmm. yes. party. Yep. Yes. So, as far as the anime goes, that's what we know. And then she was a part of the bow yep. party. So it's gonna be one of those things that now he's really never gonna listen to Naofumi because he quote unquote stole one of his party members even though he kicked her out she's the only one that you see which i will say because i read a little bit of season two if they follow along with the manga for season two she is important for season two okay i'd imagine i mean why would they introduce a random ass chick out of nowhere especially if she's got different colored hair because everyone who has a different color hair has a different importance yeah she's super that's one thing i wanted to point out everyone (laughs) in afumi's party 
has different colored hair. Yep. You have just the this rainbow of red, the, the yellow, the blue, like, and now green. And now green, yep. And I noticed that too, that his color, his, like, it's kind of like where you see, like, those funny pictures of, like, guess who the main character is? And it's like a room <laughs> full of people in white shirts and slacks. And then you have, like, the two people and, like, one's in a very bright, <laughs> bright blue and the other's in dark red. And you're like, hmm, I wonder who the main characters are. Very funny to say that because we literally just talked about that in <laughs> yeah. one of our latest episodes. Yeah, the last episode we talked about that and we brought up uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's funny. Another classic. And it's very true. It's it's completely true. And then they also do it in My Hero Academia mm-hmm. as well. It's But to go back to Shield Hero, it, they do a very good job of everybody being super unique. That's something that I really enjoyed about this. Like They could have easily made everybody kind of closely resembling each other but Mm -hmm. every single main character is completely unique to themselves and i really enjoyed that because like i said you could have just made everybody very similar and they didn't do that and there's a lot of characters in this show there is there is quite a few one thing i i do want to touch upon is i what i really liked about rising the shield hero is the very first episode they didn't just go into you know i feel like most animes will start off you have the first four episodes being just straight storyline and character introductions whereas they kind of did all of that in one episode they made it you know it's a 50 minute long episode but it was very important to have that first episode be longer than all the rest so that way they don't get dragged down into that of the whole you know multiple episodes just being used for character you know introductions like i remember after the first episode i was talking to my wife and i was like well this is the this is this person this is this person this is what's going on and she's like you got all of that out of 20 minutes and i was like no i actually got that out of 50 minutes because they took their time and introduced everything appropriately so yeah. that's one thing i really enjoyed about this an- anime in general yeah i mean get your shit together let's just say everything we need to say in this first episode let's all agree that this is the way it is and let's grow from there mm-hmm. yep and i'm i was 100 percent on board with that because i mean we're talking about isekai let's let's fucking go like i want to i want to know what happens next this is what the second episode or the second series that we've covered that had a long basically had a double episode for their first yep. for the first one yeah this, this is our second episode that we covered yep what was the first one the first one was darwin's game yeah, yeah yep that was at darwin's game yep they had a long first episode i have no opposition to a longer first episode as long as it's you know worth it and it's not boring and they made it obviously they made it worth it so i was totally on board yes one thing i do want to say one thing i noticed is so after episode 21 if felt like there was a a shift what would you how would you guys have felt if they had made episode 21 the end of the season let's see episode 21 slept for three days because after the blood sacrifice i mean the blood sacrifice was pretty good and then there was a three-day sacrifice uh does the queen plan for the king and mine to be executed pointed to a custom mine prove her lies oh she got painted for her lies yeah she got the slave crest Mm -hmm. um spear hero forms a pact with mine 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 equals bitch, king equals trash, and <laughs> charge of Okay. So basically episode 21 is his redemption episode where he finally gets proven that he's done none of the things that they've said he's, and he officially gets his hero's salute as he's leaving. Okay. So if 20, if episode 21 was the final episode of the arc of the series, will we have been satisfied? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, me, yeah, I, I would think like, 
shit was resolved. Yep. And there could be things to look forward to after that we wouldn't necessarily be like, like, yeah, just because there's like, yes, just, I mean, yes. Mm, see, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, and I would have to move you up a couple episodes to uh, when they're on the island, and they, I feel like it would have been a very fitting ending as far as a cliffhanger goes of, hey, we just found this underwater uh, dragon hourglass. I think okay. that would have been a really fitting ending, because it would have been like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? Oh, that's what an insane been? cliffhanger. And that would have okay. drawn, I think, in, I think they answered that question way too fast in my opinion they could have oh, that, that one the suspense was... could have been held forever yeah well, they there, only had... there was zero suspense for that underwater hourglass they only had two sure. days i mean the, yes mm-hmm. they had quote-unquote two days but the very next episode was exactly the catastrophe mm-hmm. yeah like there was zero screen time preparation which could have been a good season two break mm-hmm. or just an arc break or something. I mean, it wouldn't, it, uh, no, I take it back. It would not have been an arc break because it's obviously still in the same arc, but it could have been a good pause point. I will say in the manga, you, you really don't get too much. Basically, he just goes back. He tells the queen what's going on and he's like, we need help. Right. And that's what we are to assume. Well, that's, he really there's a, says there's a, there's a two day time jump and that's what we viewers are to assume that yeah, he, they, they made preparations should happened. I mean, yeah, so, sure. So it's not really too far off from the manga. Cause I mean, it's the nice thing about the manga is you can go slightly more in depth with what's going on as compared to the anime where sometimes if you, cause you have your time constraints and you have your episode constraints, you need to skip gloss over the non-important details that like, even when I'm doing the differences, I'm like, yeah, well, that, yep, that's a difference. I don't need to talk about it because it's nothing. It means right. absolutely nothing. Yeah. To be back on Alex's point, like it could have been a potential point to get someone prepared for a season two. I can see that. In the in the shonen route, at least. I can 100% see that. I wouldn't have minded that one. The only problem is because there is a chance for animes to either have a very long time span between season one and season two, mm-hmm. I would much rather an anime stop at a conclusion of something than stop at a cliffhanger only because while i can be patient and wait sometimes i don't want to wait three years for an anime (laughs) season two or season whatever to appear wait are you talking about attack on titan (laughs) where it takes for fucking ever for the next portion to come out the final season part three the final season part four (laughs) basically where it's like all right i love the anime but either give me a break point or just keep going because... I agree. Just re- get as much as possible. Release it all in one chunk. Yes. Or give me a little bit less. I'll take 11 episodes if that's your clean break point. Don't give me something weird where it's like, well, all right. Well, I, I guess I'm going to read the manga because I don't want to wait for who knows how long. And or it's... You I mean, could... as long as there is a consistent release date. Yes. Like, fuck Attack on Titan where it takes years <laughs> to release a section of episodes versus, like, uh, Demon Slayer where we're releasing arc by arc. Like, well, some, let's, let's just get some kind of consistency. Let's be honest here. Between Season 1 and Mugen Train, it was, like, three years. So it was a very long time between Season 1 point. and Mugen Train. And now they're like, well, here's Mugen Train. 
here's season two. And by the way, season three is going to come out next spring. And you're like, all right, cool. That's that's great. But didn't I just have season two? Like, Yeah, but it's still faster than Attack on Titan. That's Well, that's not really saying a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's setting the bar real low. <laughs> so it's, I will say... I found it, I don't want to really call it weird that they continued the episode, but when it kept going, I'm like, all right, that's interesting. Well, I guess I've got another, I had to look back and see how many more episodes I had to watch because I was like, okay, well, now what's going to happen? So I did, I think I did that twice, but I'm at a beer. So you want to do a beer run? Yes, let's do a beer run. This is Alec. I'm the uh, guest host on in the Anime Lounge, and we just got back from our beer run, and one character that I would really like to start talking about now, I feel like we haven't really given her too much attention, uh, but Raftalia, the uh, the, side, the main side character for uh, Naofume. What do you guys think of her? What do you think of her uh, introduction? Who wants to start? Well, I just want to say real quick, right off the bat, a raccoon totally threw me off. Like, <laughs> who the fuck thinks about a raccoon? I mean, we have dogs, we have cats, we have foxes, but mm-hmm. like, a raccoon, kudos to you guys. Like, yeah, let's throw a cute raccoon in the mix. I'm totally for that. But they did a good job. Totally, totally left field. I like the left field, right field. Is that baseball? Sorry, what's the Matt? You're probably more on the baseball term. Is that left field? Yeah, totally out left field. I really like the fact that you know they made her something different, made her a raccoon, and then I know in the manga specifically, the slave owners like, well, people don't really like raccoons because they're timid and easily frightened. And in the beginning, you see those things where she's timid, easily frightened, where she didn't want to help Naofumi fight all these demons, especially the one that looked like the demon that killed her parents right that twin headed dog thing mm-hmm. you know and then she gets that awesome character development where she's like i want to live i want to be now for me sword i want to be useful i don't want to be this weak individual that can't do anything and either relies on other people to survive or watches everybody else die and then the biggest thing she has is she doesn't want other kids to go through what she went right alex would did you have any any sort of yeah so with raftalia's character development i thought at first she was incredibly annoying the high-pitched whining all the time uh she was always crying about something i was like oh great here's another side character that i'm just not really going to enjoy (laughs) but then after after that scene where she kind of steps up to the plate and conquers her fears and then because of the the growth pattern that or the growth power that the shield hero has along with her own you know intense leveling because she is i mean if you ever notice she is always a higher level than um now uh, yes and I, and I wanted to point mm-hmm. that out like i pointed that out in the very early season like Naofumi gains his experience through his partners. Yep. And if we were to dissect this, <laughs> technically he should be at a higher level than his slave in the beginning. But as we see through the episode growth, at one moment that we see Raftalia is at 
a one high she's got one level on Nalfumi. like if you guys are sharing exp why are you guys not equal and above mm-hmm. all why is she above you well you you do see she gets more experience than he does and i mean he was he was level one when he got raftalia was he no yeah. no no i think he was a couple because he was killing those balloon pieces of shit so so i think it was like level two or three at that point but she still ends up outpacing him at one point but she's yeah she's still outpacing him yeah mm-hmm. like so i i mean i guess i don't remember whether he adopted her as a slave at level one she might have been level two i don't know i don't quite remember yeah they don't they don't go into it and even in the manga they don't go into it they just yeah you get that one brief moment where it's like oh okay well she's right above him and then later on i think towards the end when he talks about his levels where he's 73 and raftalia is like 76 Mm -hmm. she's still higher than him at that point yep and I think it's because she is the one dealing the damage. Yeah, he's the, they share XP, but I'm pretty sure... It never shows it in the show, but I'm pretty sure that because she deals the finishing blow every time, that she gets like 75 or 66% of the XP, and he gets the remaining 34. She she um, just gets the extra bonus. Yeah, she gets that She's little the one bonus that dealt XP. the final blow. She's the one that gets the extra. It's mm-hmm. like experience share in Pokemon. You know, the, the A little bit. finishing... Pokemon gets the majority of, and then the rest of the Pokemon get the rest of what's ever left. Yeah, the re- the residue remainder kind of thing. <laughs> yep, that's uh, probably the best way to put it. And I mean, he's never Nelfumi is never really that far behind. So, because I know when Philo and Raftalia get to level forty, I think they show him at like thirty eight or something. Yeah, he's always slightly behind, just ever so slightly behind. So it's not like he's level thirty and they're level forty or something crazy like that. Yeah. So, but like what the anime constantly reminds us is that. Even though he might be at that level and our other three heroes, the bow, the shield, or the bow, the spear, and the sword might be essentially double. Naofumi is essentially, you know, double what they are because of everything that he's gained along the way. Because he's gained all these skills and I would probably say, you know, that hatred deal is probably the biggest bonus. Yep. I kind of want to see, because at the end of the series, or at the end of the season, you know, all three of the other heroes are all saying to themselves, you know, I'm going to be better than the shield hero. I'm going to surpass Na- uh, Naofume. And I kind of want to see if they develop their own kind of, like, curse or hate series. I am, yes. I That was one of my questions. Because if they all have the same option to learn each other is shit why wouldn't each individual uh hero learn this cursed ability and that was going to be one of the things i wanted to talk about for what i expect out of season two slash season three because we learned at the end of season one that uh nafumi was able to learn teleportation he was able to learn the replica replication mm-hmm. so why wouldn't the other three heroes learn this cursed stuff of course we can branch off a little bit and say like maybe uh the prior shield heroes made some secret pact with a demon and only the shield hero 
is affected by this specific ability? We have no idea. We can only speculate at this moment. Thoughts? I think no. Only because the only reason why Naofumi has this ability is because the hatred in which he feels for that country and its people. And then it also gets magnified by the hatred that Dragon Whom, that stone that he has in his armor it amplifies the hatred that he has towards those individuals while the other three they're kind of living the easy life like they don't don't really have to do anything they like they can kind of do whatever they want and nothing really matters it's kind of like um oh man if you were to play like gta with all the cheat codes and you're just like ah well i have all these abilities i have all the guns i can just go kill whoever i want nothing really matters and it's kind of how i feel that the other three heroes life is like right but what if at the same time there's that you know the inner willpower that awakens the curse because we learn that Naofumi learns that there's the teleportation deal because he believed that there was such a thing. Yeah, I, I think it all has to do with basically getting fucked over. Yeah, like, yeah. So what if, like, so what if the shitty ass spear hero got fucked over and he starts feeling this hatred in the middle of his heart? I mean, it's possible. I just <laughs> don't see himself getting. I don't see him getting screwed over in the in the manner in which Naofumi got screwed over. Which if is, I was to assume. I would imagine the bow hero because he'd be the next like I wouldn't I would imagine him being the next weak link in the uh selection of who would want to be who. So I would like with how they got rid of his one character, how she was just accused of doing something and he just bought it immediately, didn't ask any questions, kicked her out of the team. He does seem the most likely to go dark next. But the bow? The bow hero, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he kicked out the green haired chick at mm-hmm. the end. So yeah, what if what if he's gonna be the next one to be defamed and he's gonna be the next one to see the chaos come within his heart well, and then he... he's gonna be the one to consume and understand everything because I, I think everybody has the same capability of learning everything it's just on different perspectives I think season two we're gonna see less of that rage shield so I think that's gonna be one of those things where they're just kind of like eh, we're, we're not gonna use it as much as the seasons go on so I feel like it's just not something because he needs to become less reliant on it or he is probably going to kill his counterparts or even himself or himself so i feel like the rage shields kind of become less involved in the series uh, so i just think okay, good that- point because i was about to counter that i was about to say his his rage shield is his most powerful technique but we need him to survive beyond so if he can i mean if he tries to kill himself we can't like temp- we can't try to come close to killing himself again because otherwise the shit's gonna get old. We yep. need to add to that form of drama. Yep. So we need to skip a season and put the blood sacrifice to season three again because it's gonna have to be resurfaced at a point where he's gonna have to overcome it and maybe even like take control of it to his advantage because you know that's how anime works. So I can see season. Yeah, I can totally agree where season two he's not gonna take the blood. Uh, he might even take a step down we can see where the other heroes take a big advantage step above the shield and we need to see how he can expand beyond that okay might be getting a little bit beyond myself at the moment (laughs) uh just because we're kind of already going down that rabbit hole so is there something yeah i'm sorry what do you guys what do you guys look 
I didn't mean to start this already. <laughs> what are you guys looking forward to for season two, then? I'm looking forward to seeing um, more people being added to his team, along with, I guess, you know, maybe a guy being thrown into his team. I feel like he's only teaming up with these girls. And not that I have anything wrong with, you know, girl teammates. is okay. I mean, typically in animes, you see whenever it's a girl character in a team, it's usually the, you know, the typical, the healer or the magician that fights from the back. I think Raftalia kind of, and uh, Philo for that matter, kind of go against that type by being the, you know, the vanguard, the people that are going straight into the fight. But, you know, he can bro out with a dude too as well. I feel like he's kind of kept from all of the guys in the show. So I kind of want to see him team up. Maybe it's Lark or someone else who knows, but I kind of want to see him team up with a guy who could help expand their team development maybe a little bit better. 100% on board with that. I would like to see another dude. And I also agree with we need another support character. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have we have defense and we have uh, Raftalia on attack and we have Philo on attack and even with Melty's in there, she's also on attack. We we see her sometimes on the defensive, but like she doesn't have like the support like healing or defense plus or anything or like speed plus like we obviously know that this is video game esque esque mm-hmm. uh style of a show so if we have any kind of boosters we need these kind of boosters on your team and we have yet to see these type of people on our hero side. So, yes, I would expect some form. I mean, obviously, Lark isn't going to be that, that support character, unlike his character, who, unlike Therese, Therese who helps him with his uh, combo attacks. We have yet to have a support character to do any of the sorts. You don't think um, Risha is going to be that support character? That's a green-haired chick. Could be, because we do we really? know anything about her. She's a battle mage, I think. She's, she she, she has a, armor, but she casts magic, so that makes me think she's more of like the battle mage class. She has an affinity for magic, but I think the bow hero wanted her to use be like an attacker, and that's just not her her affinity. So he basically called her useless because technically she he's useless to her, if that's what you wanted to call it. I mean, maybe it's a good start, at least. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, the final episode, I'm surprised I forgot about that. Yeah, but it's a, definitely a good start. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her, like how how she's going to play a vital role to his group. And come on, you guys don't want, want him to have a harem like every other main character? Yeah, like every <laughs> other anime. Let's, let's just make him the most happiest dude in the world. The most miserable, happy dude in the world. <laughs> I would feel better if he actually took advantage of it at least a little bit. Like, he's completely oblivious to, I mean, it might be kind of weird, the whole Philo and uh, uh, Raftalia kind of butting heads against each other of who gets to get the shield hero. It's like, I mean, I feel like it's clearly Raftalia simply because of no one wants to be with a child, but... Oh, well, okay, before you go much further, I wanted... Okay, so this is one of my questions I wanted to ask. In the end, where the queen was going to give... Nafumi, one of the uh, final wishes for helping out in the end. And Nafumi was keeping shit quiet. Things were building up. I'm like, and I'm telling myself, there is no way in hell that Nafumi is going to ask to marry her. And (laughs) I was sitting there getting more and more anxious. I'm like, if you fucking ask her to marry her out of nowhere, because you've built up no relationship Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to be Meb. And then we get surprised in the end that he wants to just build his home base in honor of, of her homeland. So I don't know about you guys, but when you guys were watching that entire scene, did you think anything along the lines of like some fake ass marriage or was that just me? I think he's still oblivious. I think he, I mean, he talked about it in the, I mean, they kind of make an allusion to that in the first episode where he's like walking down the street and those girls are talking like, oh, there's that cute guy over there. And he like looks at him like, oh, I wonder if they actually said that or if it was just a part of my imagination. I think that he just thinks that girls are just, I mean, he talks about, you know, being an otaku and, you know, uh, only, you know, gaming and anime are, are his life kind of thing and how girls aren't really a part of it. I just think he's just totally oblivious to it and girls aren't even on his radar whatsoever. It's just all over his head. Yeah. That's just, that was my inkling. Cause, but I mean, I can tell that he has feelings for girls cause you can, you know, when, when mine is pressing up against him, he's like, whoa, whoa, this girl likes me. And then I think it's because of that experience that he doesn't try anything with Raftalia. He becomes instantly dark to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think she ruined it for him. Every every asshole guy out there has a girl that just scorned him. <laughs> so I think that was that circumstance. And I think he has no emotional feeling. He might develop that in season two. That'd be cool to see. But I think as it stands now, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting a marriage proposal or anything. I thought he was actually, I was kind of in line with Raftalia. I was like, oh, this dude literally plans on dying the next wave. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I, I didn't think about dying, but, like, he plans on leaving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I think that one's straightforward. Like, as soon as... I mean, there... I guess that was one of my next questions is, is there a finish line? Because there seems to be no end to these waves. They said 10. They said Did they say 10? In the first episode, they said there's 10 waves of catastrophe, each one worse than the last. Oh. And they had survived the first one barely with no heroes. Then they summoned the heroes. They fought wave 2 and wave three and then wave i guess technically wave four was that last c one so there's six more waves to come i will say i don't remember any number of waves being talked about doesn't mean it wasn't said and i just missed it but i i don't remember them talking about any number specific number of waves i also have a counter right okay take my counter okay so when we were meeting with um the queen of philo uh was her queen philo uh victoria 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 was mentioning how all four of the heroes needed to separate because there was separate catastrophes happening all around their world at the same time. So there's many catastrophes happening. Yep. And it's a bad idea for multiple heroes to be at one catastrophe at a time. Like they should be spread out at all times so that things could be, you know, normal. Yep. Well, so if that's the case, then there has to be way more than 10 catastrophes. Maybe each hero has to conquer 10 catastrophes but like it, it made victoria made it sound like uh it was just a hurricane in on earth like or even a tornado like shit was just happening at all times everywhere and you just had to take care of it like take care of your jurisdiction and mm-hmm. make the world right that's the way i took it see that's how i thought about because you know how they get teleported every time and if they're if they're in the area okay so what defines the area exactly because so say that 
that uh, Philo hadn't found that underground um, thing, would they have just all of a sudden be at the beach one day and then all of a sudden they're getting teleported and not even know about it? Right, because they were already in the radius of the already attacking area? Probably. They probably would have gotten... Annihilated. Teleported into the middle of the ocean and then just been super screwed. Because they were already in the area? I I think there's only one wave of catastrophe at a time. So I think what would have happened if what was supposed to happen actually happened, which was all the cardinal heroes getting teleported per country, is that what they would have been summoned to each country, gotten all the information they needed, been teleported to the wave, and then known that they could teleport back to their country, is what I believe would have happened if they had been separated as they should have been. So instead of, because they were summoned all at the same time, and it wasn't supposed to be that way, where one nation summoned all of them yes so you think that they should have if it had gone to according to plan they just would have been trained on their own they would have been conquering their own catastrophes and handling as they could and because they did say when they work together that their items kind of attack each other and negate and like so they they become they zero each other out Mm -hmm. yes so not quite I think they would have trained on their own in their own countries that they got summoned to. And then when the catastrophe happens, they all get teleported together. And then once the catastrophe is over, they separate again. Because I think it would have been the catastrophe that brought them together. And then eventually they would have been like, all right, well, you're going to help me out. I'm going to help you out kind of thing versus, well, they all hate now for me because of various reasons. And then, as you were saying earlier, where they they can't train too close to, to each other, the only time that really happens is when they're in the archipelago mm-hmm. doing their basically super boost training. So that that's not really an issue, even in Melramark, where it, they're not in countries away from each other. Well, I mean, it kind of did affect them because when they were near each other, they couldn't get any more XP. Yeah, but... What I'm saying is that it's only at that point they couldn't... That was a special event. Yeah. That that was a... From a higher down aspect, like, everybody knew that that was a special, like, video game aspect. Like, everybody in this specific area was going to share experience. And I think at that specific point, they maxed out the experience at that little tiny island because everybody was just so happened to be at that island. Oh, okay. Because they were all there. And because Nafumi went to a different island which is a way more powerful island, and then he fucking maxed out. No problem. I think what would have happened is if they would have been summoned to the respected countries that they were supposed to be summoned to, they all would have eventually made it to the archipelago because of the boost in XP. I don't think the XP was worldwide. I think it was very, very nation-specialized. Yeah, it, it, it was to that archipelago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I just want to make that sure. Every So the other three heroes knew about the quote-unquote event that was happening for the XP boost. So I think Nalfumi would have known about it 
if he had been at that the separate country like he should have been. Yeah, because he sh- he probably would have been born in the uh, the demi human. Yep, the demi human, the right. one that worshipped the shield hero. Right. Yeah. So I'm totally on board with all of that. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Lance, what are you looking forward to for season two? Season two. Um, the biggest thing I can say is going to be one of the questions that I wanted to bring up, and I don't know. Let me let me ask you guys before I say what I want to say. Okay. What is the next shield ability that you guys can look forward to? Do you guys like? Don't think too hard on it. I don't blame you guys, but like. Do you have another idea of what the shield could do? Man, I I guess... So he already has SP remover. It would probably be something to do with drops, maybe, where he could like actually create drops instead of needing all these ingredients to be able to create something. I can see that. Like just increase his drop rate. Yeah, kind of. Video game style. Sure. Basically what Lark does for glass. Yep. Be able to do essentially the same thing that he can, that he was able to do for glass. Okay. Um, I'm not really, I kind of like the mystery of whatever he's facing kind of gets incorporated into his his next shield abilities. Um, I think he has pretty good offensive ones with a double dog attack and um, the serpent poisoning yep. bite thing. Yep, those are both um, great. Along, and then he's got the fire chaos, the, the fire dragon shield to go along with it. So I think offensively he's fine. I think defensively between the shield prison, the airstrike shields, and um, the Iron Maiden, I think that kind of, you know, shoves defense all into one thing. I guess we only get to see a little taste of his support abilities with his um you know growth acceleration um yeah i guess the people around him gain xp faster when they're training around him i don't really think that there's anything i'm looking forward to seeing in season two just more of you know what new monsters he's gonna fight and how is that going to affect his his shield abilities i just kind of want to see what more he can add to it because i feel like right now he's at like a hundred shields and we only see what six of them jesus christ i'm surprised you didn't say what i I wanted to know that you <laughs> fucking broke down everything about this shield. Dude, fucking kudos. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's say, like I just said, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say what I was. Okay, what I want out of the shield hero is to have a Seven Deadly Sins Meliodas full counter kind of deal. Like, I want our hero to take in an attack and learn how to have a counter attack. We see the counter attacks in all various forms of video games, and we also see in other video games where a counter attack sometimes deals multiple damage. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 1v1, like sometimes it's a 1 versus 1.5 or even 2. Anyway, I want to see a reflection kind of ability okay or like a you know pokemon style mirror coat <laughs> just yeah. fucking send it right back at him so that's what i'm looking forward to that's that's okay. one thing that i really wanted to see kind of like a recoil damage kind of thing yeah okay yeah that would take be it and cool. give it back or something along the lines of a counteract to lark's ability where he can basically damage the amount of damage he gives is proportional to the damage he receives not damage he receives but your um how high your damage category or your damage ranking is so because naofumi's level is so high in damage or in shielding he defense yeah defense in defense 
he takes more damage than if you were to basically give zero fucks about defense mm-hmm. and just focus everything on a, on attack. Right. So now for me is his natural enemy in that sense because Lark ability is so against defense. Yeah, so he, he basically ghosts defense. He yes. goes straight towards HP, basically. It's um, armor penetration. Yep. It's Perfect. Usually in, yes. in most video games, that's what that skill is usually called. Where it kind of negates the opponent's defense by just tar- attacking their bare, bo- their bare base, their base, defense. their base defenses yep. exactly. Yep. That'd be interesting if he could find a way to negate an ability, negate that ability, because that'd be something super important if Lark were to become somebody important in season two. Because if he needs to fight him, I mean, right now we know he can't because mm-hmm. Lark's scythe counteracts the shield. Okay, well, if we're talking about that, that makes me remember that Nafumi has a special advantage towards glass mm-hmm. over absorbing her health. Mm-hmm. Lark has a special ability through slashing Nafumi's shield. Yep. Is every, like, let's just keep this shit going. Does everybody have an advantage over somebody? And I want to see this on like a breakdown sheet. Like, I can see this being like a for real thing. Kind of like a rock, paper, scissors board. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, that would be interesting. That be so hard to organize i would especially if it's see it done though especially if it's gonna be like four by four because on our world we have four oh let, right, let's uh, did i ask you guys if we have four cardinal weapons on our side do you think the other world has a fourth cardinal weapon that we have yet to see and if so what do you think it is oh um yeah we did touch on that earlier i, I think they're i think that they're dead i think the fourth is dead oh that's right i remember you saying that mm-hmm. um okay so even if or if not, he's dead. What was it? Could you? Okay, let's just. I think minus that. Fan, what? What? What could have been the fourth cardinal weapon on the other world? I think the fan most likely goes with the shield. I think the scythe most likely goes with the sword. They're both slash weapons. I think that the gem hero most likely aligns with the bow hero. So I think that the spear hero or some sort of variant of the spear hero would be the fourth person missing on the otherworldly hero side. It's very funny you say that because I'm 100% on board. I have a okay. weapon in mind. Do you have a weapon in mind? Um, Mine would be more of like a, like a staff, like a, like a kendo staff. Exactly. That's exactly okay. what I was thinking. <laughs> a staff. Like the monkey staff. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. So I was taking... See, I'm, I'm a little different and I was taking the scythe as the, like the spear because I, I can see that I watch a lot of Forge and Fire. So I have seen hundreds of different types of swords. Oh, definitely. There is a million types of swords depending on every single country has their own style of sword. So I could see it being a different style of sword over being a different type of quote unquote spear type weapon. Sure. Just because when it comes to long reach weapons, you have a lesser opportunity for differences. Sure. I mean, for all we know, the bow could be a gun. Yeah, it could be. Absolutely right. So it's for like future heroes kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like that's at least in this terms kind of cheating. Yeah. So I, I don't think it would be. And maybe a gun. that was the why. Maybe that's the reason why he was the first taken out because he was the first, like, like he was the first target one kind of guy. Like he was the, he was the most, most targeted, most deadly, most. Uh, one you want to focus in a fight kind of 
thing. Um, I, I don't know. I'm trying. He to was just the number one guy you wanted to take out. Let's just go with that. No, nope. but it, it's just one of those things where I feel like the sword has the greatest variance that you could easily pick a sword being different. Sure. So that's it, it, just my thought. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have like the Egyptian sword, which is like a dual kind of blade. You can even make it a dual blade. Yeah. Sure. Let's just even go that route. Like there is so many variations of a blade. It could even be a dagger. It could be a dagger. It could be an assassin. I feel like it's going to be a sword though. That would I would cool. imagine a sword. But I would imagine a dual blade. If we're going to go some kind of blade, I, I would like to see a dual blade. Okay. That's it, my point of view at least. But to go back to as far as season two is concerned, I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of leap off of everything we've learned. So are we going to figure out a way that we can see Glass and Lark and his crew because one we don't know about the fourth hero whether that individual is dead or i mean we know they have to be summoned or chosen might be the best way to say it has that person even been summoned yet we don't even know when we, we saw glass before we saw lark and and what's her face like she could just like the fourth person could just be like anywhere else yeah could it doesn't it, that person doesn't necessarily have to be exactly where the other three could glass false have heroes been, are could glass have been been um summoned first and then the other two been later that's because true we know it's been what a month two weeks it's been a yeah i think it's two weeks what if the fourth person is someone that we've already seen and we just don't know it yet exactly or not, da, da. is it we don't know it yet or they don't know it i don't yet? think we know we it don't yet. know like it okay. could be like the uh the armor person for all we know that could be a, a tank of some sort the blacksmith guy yeah the blacksmith he could be essentially and maybe that's why he trusts the as the first person to know that the shield hero is innocent because he's like oh yeah you're the hero that goes through this storyline i got you <laughs> i'm that, you but in a different world mm-hmm. that would be interesting but I could... why would he be in a whole different world i don't understand why their world is so fucked up that so they have to go to a different world and fuck up their world kill their heroes off to save their world like, That's the part that makes no sense exactly. because they say during the fight that our world is simultaneously going through these waves of catastrophe right now and we're not there to protect them. Yeah, and why are they not there to protect them? They're not protecting themselves because like our heroes are the ones that are making their heroes less effective. That's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So I want an answer. It'll, it'll be interesting if we find out an answer on as to why the waves of catastrophe have even started happening. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. What was the why, source? why are they even happening? Maybe there's going to obviously okay let's just go to some super cliche there's gonna be some super god character that we're gonna have to kill at the end that's the japanese lore it kind of it kind of feels a lot like darwin's game like where that's going oh yes did anyone is you you guys have seen sword art online right Mm -hmm. yeah did you notice that the same enemy icon is the same between both series like um it's that little diamond that shows above their heads and it has the same sound to the kind of thing and i was looking i was like this has to be made by the same people that make um sword art online because there's no way they share that many of the same <laughs> video game features you Ooh. know and i didn't pick up on anything like that i don't know did you did you look into that and see if they are or no i didn't I, I would love to i would love to look into that though because i know there's a lot of animes where they share the same uh Sound company effects. the same well they well they'll use like the same kind of themes in certain sure. things yep 
um, like like Fire Force and uh, and Soul Eater with having the same moon in the background. Like that makes sense. But like here it was like it was just little things like health bars and um, and enemy NPC icons. They were the exact same between Sword Art Online and Rising the Shield Hero. So I was like. Huh. I wonder if some of the similar themes from Sword Art Online are going to be in here. Yeah, we're going to find out that this entire fucking series was just Sword Art Online 4 or something. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, just to kind of go into the manga, that was not a part of the manga. Those health bars and stuff like that. That was not... Oh, really? Really? Okay. Oh, that's such a disappointment. So how did they explain that part? They they really don't. Because they say there's like that magic dashboard or whatever. So that's not so, in the so the, at all. The magic dashboard is in the help desk, as Naofumi calls it, is a part of the manga. But when it's like you get that little glimpse of the health when I'm trying to remember what episode exactly that was. But I think it was when he was fighting glass, I think you see it. And yeah, that's not there. That That's just not like that timeline. Like when he was originally fighting glass, there was like a one minute timeline not, left in the catastrophe. Not that part. It was okay. when you see it over their head. Yeah. Like the it, health bar. Yeah. Yeah, you see a health bar. I think it's like the first time she attacks Naofumi. You see it. And like you said, that might be just the same producer, the same uh, animation group might have made the made both shows. So they just added it to help kind of push the fact that it feels video game-esque. I'm on board with that. But the manga doesn't show that? No, the manga doesn't show that's, that. That's kind of sad. Okay. That totally dis- that totally like separates the concept that this is kind of like a video game feel versus so, realistic. I will say that the Cardinal Heroes do bring up the fact that it's like certain individual games from their own dimension is probably the best way to say it. Because if you guys remember... Parallel Universe. Get- yeah, so they they're all from Japan, but certain things are different. Yeah. So they all have their parallel universes, which is an interesting concept that you have four people coming from the same location but in four different universes. Mhm. And that was that was interesting. One thing they do talk about that's not really important is that now for me talks that he's not really into video games in his timeline. So he says he plays them, but he's more into, he says typical otaku life. Yeah. He's more into the manga and anime versus the Mm -hmm. video game life, which is based. Yeah. That's, he said he didn't do any of the VR MMOs. He's like, what are those? He was really confused by that whole concept. Whereas the other three heroes were like, oh yeah, we play games like these all the time. It's this. This is what game we're in. The other guy's like, no, we're not. We're in this game, of course. Right. Which, and that's where they got their egos from. Which mm-hmm. they're all basically like, well, that's the exact same game, but in my demen- my universe, it's you know one fraction of a, of a sliver difference, so it's completely different. It's like, well, are you sure it's not the exact same game? just a different title no it's different it's got to be different because i said so mm-hmm. all right um before we get too much further i just wanted to say that our main character 100 percent reminds me of black clover's you know did you guys yep. get that feeling yeah i can i can 100 see that vibe yeah i i could not see nafumi without seeing you know do you think that's where the influence of for his character came from then oh do you like no i don't no because i'm pretty sure this light novel came before black clover okay that's what i wasn't sure about that's also me saying off the fly i can't say for sure i don't know 
how far in advance the creators of Black so, Clover came. I will say that Yuno has the, I don't really want to call it arrogance, but he has that self worth that he knows how good of a individual he is versus now Fumi who's like he wants to screw over the nobles but he doesn't want to screw over the other people and he just kind of wants to do his own thing where you knows like I know I am worthy of being who I am and he kind of wants to stick it to the nobles while still being friendly with them. Right. It's a fine line. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to say before we get too much further is I am super surprised that we never came up with like nicknames for our main characters. Like now Fumi. I'm surprised he never got a nickname like now or Fumi and Raftalia. She never got a nickname Raft or Talia like just for a short name like I guess I can give props to this anime but like giving their proper names the entire time so like I guess I'm on both sides of the fence like to me it's just a little bit different yeah I can see that just making life easier especially for everybody else it is kind of odd that they didn't shorten because you see that in a lot of other animes where they'll shorten the names down and eventually you just kind of forget their real name because you just only go by their nickname exactly and here yeah it was now that I think about it really formal everybody was you know it's Matuyasu and um yeah because it, it could have easily been like Rafi yeah. yeah anything along those lines or, or Moto <laughs> or, loved it. or Moto or something something along those lines just to make it faster and quicker yep one thing i will say is that the queen actually calls them by their last names in the manga oh so does she yes she uses the formal names when she is talking to I don't them even think the I know formal I formal last names. names yes there's there's a handful of them well it's only the heroes that she does that for so like uh iwatani and then Ren Imakai Imiki. Yep. Ren uh, Ren Imiki. And then Itsugi Kawasumi. So it would be, you know, Kawasumi, which is the I think that's a spear hero. Kitamura. Oh, sorry, that was the bow. Yeah, yeah you're right. The bow. Sorry, I'm now now I'm seeing it. Yeah. Kaw- Itsugi Kaw- Kawasumi was the bow. So she would probably assume that that that's Kawasumi. And then the spear is Mati Yasu Kitamura. Kitamura? Yep. Yes. So she would refer to him as Kitamura. Which is kind of funny that two of them have K's and two of them have I's. <laughs> Just... Well, I mean, it's pretty common for yes, yeah, those names. And so the, the queen actually makes it even more formal by saying it by their, their last names. Which is a respectful thing, I believe. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a Japanese respectful thing. Is to refer to them by their, their surnames. Only surnames, friends yes. can call each other by their first names. Yeah, right. exactly. One thing I did want to talk about was the openings. Did you notice that the openings changed halfway through? So um, in episode I, 13, it had a, had a separate opening. Yeah, than the first I was going to say that too. Um, I know I never watch them, but... I did notice that when an opening scene started, that it was different from when it started. Not that I watched it, because, you know, <laughs> I never watch them. But I did I did make note that it uh, episode 13 did change its opening scene almost as if it would be good enough to start for, like, a, an actual season two. Yeah, which, I mean, episode 13 would technically, according to the new standard, be a new season. Right. Alec, what about you? So, I was actually a fan of these opening scenes. So, I have it... Whether I enjoy them or not, I always watch the opening scenes. The closing scenes, not so much. Maybe if it's a really cool song, then I'll I'll 
watch it and listen along. I mostly watch the opening and ending credits for the song value, not so much what's visually on display. Right. But um, what I did like about these ones are it kind of shows you the characters, who they are now, a little bit of the strife that they're going through, and introducing some of the new characters. So once the, all of those characters have been introduced, that's when in episode 13 it switches and goes to the next round where it, it opens up with the underwater uh, dragon hourglass. So the whole season you're wondering, you know, what's with this underwater hourglass? Is that a um, is that a metaphor? Is it supposed to mean something? It's always raining. Is someone going to die? Like, you don't know. Is that what the opening credit scene did? Like, <laughs> yeah. it totally gave away the fact that there's an underwater water there is but you don't there's no reference to it so you have no idea what it's showing you so you think it's a metaphor okay well i mean i mean i think that this would only be on my favor why it gives away so much information i mean but to, i understand why some people might split at this mm-hmm. yeah but that's exactly why lance and i don't watch the opening credits i will say i at the very minimum will listen to it at least once just to see if i like the opening credits song or not mm-hmm. but i don't know if you guys noticed that the opening credits song will be played throughout the series yes yeah as a motif kind of thing yeah but also on and this is just me throwing in my psychology degree background in you should always watch the at least the opening credits when you're when whichever show you're watching whether that's anime or something else because it actually it puts your mind in the mind frame of I'm doing this. I'm watching this show and this is what I want to expect out of it. So when you skip it, you di- you dive right into it. You're not giving your brain enough time to, you know, get its bearings, you know, sit down on the couch and get its popcorn ready. Like it has to prepare for the show just like you do. So that's why I always like watching the opening credits because it kind of lets my brain reset. You know, what happened in last episode? What, th- what do I think is going to happen in this episode? And have there, are there any characters in the introduction that I haven't been introduced yet? And I'm going to look out for them in, in case. So that's why I always watch the opening credits. Yep, and I'm right there on the opposite end of the field. <laughs> because I personally love being surprised. Because I'm already invested. I have already given my heart and soul into this anime. So I'm already going to want to know what happens next. So I'm expecting to just be shocked. And I want to know what happens next. And if I have a spoiler effect by the opening credits, then that's going to spoil it. Me, like, if I know what's gonna happen, it's just like scary movies. Like, if I watch a scary movie, I already know that something scary is gonna happen. So, when that scary thing happens, even though like I didn't watch the preview or anything, like, I'm already I already know that the anticipation is building up to it, and I I can already prepare myself, like, okay, some scary is gonna happen, relax, prepare for it. Okay, something scary happened, yeah, that was a good scary moment. I can appreciate that. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm too jaded. <laughs> Maybe. I will say, I watch this at four in the morning when I'm working out, so I my brain does not want to have any popcorn ready, so <laughs> it's just happy, well, unfortunately not happy that it's awake at that moment in time, so it's okay that I, I didn't watch the opening credits. And so you just skip them, I mean, it's not even that you're, like, you're walking around doing things and getting things ready while the show's starting, you just go straight into skip intro and get right into the show. Well, on my phone it doesn't have a skip intro, so it's eight clicks and then it's through the opening but yeah yeah. okay so i i have that down as well yeah just to show how much i've skipped through 
opening credits that I know how many it takes. But to be fair, when we got to the last, like, what, two or three episodes, it there was no legit opening credit scene. So it was mm-hmm. pure action the entire time, which well, I totally appreciated. I will ask, Lance, did you skip the, all of the ending, or did you just kind of click through to make sure there wasn't anything at the end? Uh-oh, I skipped all of it. Once the ending credit came, and that, you went to the next you episode. Saw that, once I saw that sailboat came... I'm like, done with the episode, let's go on next. Damn, did I miss shit? Yes and no. You missed, I think there was, what, three episodes that had post-credit like, scenes at the end? You skipped the end, too, didn't you? I always skip the end. Oh, oh, you missed the post-credit scenes, too? Oh, no, now I have to go rewatch oh. the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's not a whole lot, but... So what I always do is I always skip to to the end, the last... I always skip eight to get, you know, the, a, yeah, a minute guys. and a half. To get through, and then if it gives me that basically nothing at the end, I will go to the next episode. But I'm always looking to see if there is post-credit things, because there are a lot of shows that will give you, you know, like a 10, 15 second... Introduction. Introduction and or continuation of the of the episode yep. that will give you some sort of information. Not like Jujutsu, which Alec, I don't know if you've watched Jujutsu yep. yet... So not like Jujutsu where it gives you that kind of like spoof episode thing where it gives you 30 seconds of something that's that's mildly entertaining. Just for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some series will actually give you something that's either A, important for the next episode, or B, kind of wraps up the the episode that you just finished. Um, Fate Stay does stuff like that where it will go into the next episode and if you didn't watch those end closing... You don't know what's happening at the beginning of the next episode. You're like, when, when did they discuss this? And yep. you go and you were, you go to the last episode, like thinking, Oh, I must have fallen asleep at the end. You're like, No, well, it wasn't there. And I would fast forward to the end. I would see it. I'm like, this has been mind blowing me this whole time. I thought they were just going into random sections and you just kind of had to fill in the gaps. So that happens in Shield Hero too? Uh, like I said, it only happens a couple times, like I think Ugh. three or four times. Great. <laughs> nothing, I promise you, nothing super important. There's no vital information that you lost. But there was just some continuation stuff at the end of a couple episodes. Good so, to know. So now you guys both know, don't just hit next before you get through the credits okay well from this moment here on forth we will at least i will always keep in mind that there might be a potential post-credit scene treat it like a marvel movie spend exactly. 10, 10 seconds just to make sure mm-hmm. i thought they were just like little like um like introductions to the next episode kind of thing like what you're gonna see next week kind of thing yep uh not not always. Before we continue, because there are a lot of characters in this series that you can kind of dislike, do you guys have a least favorite character? Uh, you. Oh, no. Mine. Or bitch. Bitch, bitch. whore. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> the one that comes to the top of the mind is definitely bitch slash whore. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep, I can see that. I did think the only reason why she's not my least favorite character is because she had the slave crest, so she had to deal with all the pain and suffering. For telling the truth. For, well, for lying. Yeah. And then in the anime, she had to 
well, in the manga as well, she had essentially had to beg Naofumi to spare her life. Yep. So I I did not find her my least favorite character, only because she kind of got what's coming to her. Sort of. Kind of got what's coming like to her. Like, she truly felt sorry for herself? Like, she truly begged for herself in that kind of say? Uh, well, kind of. So, I mean, Naofumi brings it up where he's like... She's not worth killing. Like, she needs to suffer. Yep. This, this piece of crap individual is is begging me the person that she screwed over to save her so look at how despicable of a person she is right so that's why i don't find her as intolerable as i've seen some individuals where they're like she's the worst person ever is she a terrible person yes but at least she kind of got to deal with some of the pain and suffering that she put through put now fumi through i still don't trust so her who would be your least favorite then honestly uh motoyasu is okay. my least favorite. Yeah. Spear? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he'd probably he be next to comes line. my close second. He, He's so influenced. He gets absolutely nothing as far as redeeming qualities when it comes to him. Like, there's, he never has anything bad happen to him. He thrives on cheating. <laughs> yeah, he, he always blames Naofumi for all, of, essentially all of his problems. He, like, anytime anything bad happens, he's like, eh, well, that's not my problem. It's somebody else's problem. Like, he never has to deal with anything. It's like, well, all right, well, glad to see you're a complete jackass and you just blame other people for your own problems. I will say in the manga, there's one funny thing, and that's he dies by a jealous girl. Dies? Yeah, he dies. He dies in his world. In his world, he gets essentially reincarnated and brought to and gets isekai'd into the world that he's in now. Interesting. So he, he gets killed by a jealous girl. Okay, so I have a question to pose here so you know how at the beginning um he's reading that book and he's like oh this queen character is uh is, is something and he's like going into he kind of like paraphrases each hero going in yeah do you think if he had taken the time to read those sections to actually know who these characters he was going to be essentially playing and living with that he would have had a better time starting off already knowing their personalities because he kind of just skipped to the shield hero is like oh there's no pages written and that's when he gets summoned in if he had taken the time to actually learn who those characters were going to be do you think he would have had a better starting point dude yeah yeah holy shit i mean that's that's i I mean i didn't go back and rethink about that but it makes sense he did skip ahead he found the general aspects of every hero and the queen now that Mm -hmm. i think about it yeah and they look just like them too yeah and he's he skipped ahead and yeah why not i can i can see that what you meant i will say no only for the fact that he was willing to try and he's still uh, technically still technically willing to try to be cordial with them but they want absolutely nothing to do with him so when they have that i want to say the second the first real meeting with the queen and they're talking about it's like hey how did you become as powerful as you are and he's like you guys wouldn't believe me even if i told you what i was gonna do yeah or how i did and then he tells him he's like you actually have to put in effort and they're like no what did you do how did you cheat to become it's like so he could he knows their personalities they just don't give a shit to listen to what now for me has to say so they want they want the shortcut you guys deal with these people in real life it's like you know exactly what the answer to 
the question that they're giving you is, and you know that they don't want to listen to it. So you're just like, yeah, it's, it's whatever. Like when somebody asks you to help or says that they'll do something for you, it's, you know, they won't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how these three heroes are. It's like, I could give you every single answer, but it's not the answer you want. So it doesn't matter. Yep. I can and, agree to that. And that's, that's exactly how it would have been because the book wouldn't have told him about mine and the issues he would have had to deal with. So it, it wouldn't have done anything. But doesn't it show a part where he's talking or he's like looking, and he's like, Oh, this princess, he, he talks about how the princess is a bad character. And that princess turns out to be mine. He didn't know mine was the princess at the time, so it wouldn't have helped him because it didn't say her. Na- it wouldn't have said her name. It just sort of said princess. So gotcha. that wouldn't that wouldn't have done him any favors anyway. He would just he might have clicked who she was sooner, but he still would have been screwed over in the end anyway. Yeah, because he was screwed over from the get go. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the world he was brought into was anti Shield hero to begin with. Yeah. Yep. So he he had a zero percent chance of succeeding no matter what. Oh, okay, so before we go any further, because he had zero chance of succeeding was because they assumed that he was the devil of the shield. Yep. So do you think that his ancestor, who was a previous shield owner, or even the one before him, it could have been in any ancestor, do you think they accepted this so-called devil in order to stop the final catastrophe of that timeline to protect the world? And because he accepted this devil, it just got, you know, inherited throughout the rest of the shields. Like, yes, he had to do something horrible to protect everybody and it made him look like a bad guy but he like you're saying like the guy like whoever was shield before like fully gave in to the curse shield yeah. per se yeah and just and everyone just got so afraid of them that they just ostracized them right like he got so powerful yeah. and consumed and somehow died and became this icon of an enemy even though he saved the world and he got consumed by this demon and he eventually died. Whatever. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I just think that somewhere along those lines of inheritance, uh, that's all I can really say. I could see that. I mean, that would be, be a reason why everyone would hate him. Originally. Mm-hmm. Right. So they do talk about how a previous... So the king had prejudice towards the shield hero for unknown reasons. So I could see the previous, a previous shield hero doing something that would cause them to dislike the shield hero. But it could have literally been something like, hey, I think that demi-humans are on equal playing field as humans. Mm. Like it, it might not have been anything that the shield hero really did wrong or evil, like given into the cursed shield. It could have literally just been something that the previous kings didn't approve of and was tech like he could have been like well we don't believe in i don't believe in slaves i don't think you should have slaves and then he gets ostracized because he doesn't want slaves yeah too i mean like not to go too much further but like we talked about how everybody has the same access to every single ability like what if the sword bow and spear also have access to the cursed ability yep so there's always that option too yep so i think that's all the questions i have lance alec you you guys gonna have any more questions um not that i think think of i think we covered everything about this show pretty close 
Lance looks like he has. How did we all enjoy the obligatory anime beach scene? <laughs> oh, yeah, of, of course. Every anime has to have their beach scene. Mm-hmm. That was definitely introduced. I can say on defense of this anime, it was relatively short. So yeah. I can give him that much. It was very short, and I will say it was not in the manga. There are some anime beach scenes that do happen in the manga as well. Oh, there's separate ones. Yeah, sometimes they're sometimes they're separate. Sometimes they're in both. I'm just like, all right, well, I guess that's a thing. Okay. Well, I mean, at least on our side of the anime world, it wasn't like some super revealing, super boobage kind mm-hmm. of deal, like. Everything was proper. You can show this to a younger crowd kind of deal. It wasn't a high school of the dead OVA kind of. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Not that bad. Yeah. It was, it was tame. Yes. It was, it was very tame. It, yeah. It was, it was fine. Basically it was him getting, or now for me giving Raftalia a compliment. And then Philo was like, Hey, look, I found something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> really is oh hey you look good oh you might want to wear this giant penguin santa suit by the way <laughs> Which that was, was great very strange but i mean if we're gonna oh, i'm sorry just go if we're talking about that beach scene they said they traveled 10 minutes underwater and they were still breathing regular air yeah was that because of the suit the yeah. penguin suit? yes yeah that's why they wore the penguin suits oh. so that they could breathe underwater okay that's very strange i mean okay i wish there was they no explanation of it i wish yeah. they would have said that very specifically because they just randomly got into this penguin suit, like, oh, we've been traveling under here for ten minutes. I can still breathe normal air. So sure, yeah, why not? In the manga, there he was like, he basically now for me said that he's like, man, this suit's great. I can. It's been ten minutes and I can breathe underwater still. And then once they get to the door, he says that we really need to hurry up because I'm starting to feel like I'm like can't breathe underwater anymore. So <laughs> it's like, what happens if it expires while they're still underwater? They just out of air. Then they die. Oh, That's God. so yeah. Good Good old Harry Potter reference. You could just say that the gillyweed goes away. The gillyweed goes away. Sure. <laughs> it's okay, Lance. We, we know you're not that big into Harry Potter. Oh, it's I, okay. I've seen a couple movies. That's about it. It's it's in the fourth one. It's okay. Oh, okay. Um, as for the show, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the, the Pope scene. That was an awesome, I guess, it wasn't even really a boss fight, but it was incredibly difficult for them, and he just had way overpowered weapons, and, I mean, it's like your typical, like, Dark Souls video game, oh my gosh, I'm going against a guy that's way more stronger than me, has way better weapons, how do I beat him? Well, I'm gonna have to do something that gets me between one HP, and that's his blood sacrifice. Yep. And I thought that was a pretty badass move, as far, I didn't really consider it much of a shield move but it was pretty badass yeah it was very strange it was interesting to see because that was the first offensive attack that we got to see and then the airstrike shield later on you got to see him use as a pseudo offensive attack so i'm curious to see if there's any more shields that he can start using as a pseudo offensive technique kind of stuff i wonder if he'll be able to get some of that stuff later on in the series yeah like a like a bouncy shield where he puts up two shields and they just bounce the guy between two shields and just infinitely like attacks he absorbed all those bubble balloons at the very beginning and we (laughs) haven't seen their use so maybe that could be it maybe yeah uh, back to the pope i wrote down that this guy is a fake god he was just sitting there absorbing all of his followers' effects. Like, I, I just assumed that this guy created a fake cult in order to 
absorb all of his followers' mana to power up his uh, fake-ass... The replica. The replica mm-hmm. weapon that replicates every weapon. And he, you know, he gave the power to God. But I think God was just a false thing so that everyone else could believe that he, that they were given their... He does talk something. about how he is God towards the end. Right. So I think it was originally one of those things where he started off good and then he got corrupted by power. Mm-hmm. Right. Because all he was concerned about was as long as his weapon gained enough power to do what he wanted yep. to do. That's all that mattered. Yep, exactly. Well, he was also very manipulative as a person. I mean, you when Naokame goes there uh, to get the holy water, and everyone there ha- just absolutely hates the shield hero. He doesn't even know why at this point, but he gets kind of a feeling. He's like, huh, they only have the, the shield or the, the sword, bow, and spear. The three church. Uh, yeah, the three church. And they don't have the shield. These people must be really against me. He goes in, he asks for a holy water and the pope's like oh yeah of course bring bring him some holy water and um and then they bring it out as that crude holy water stuff with like zero effect he's like well what the hell is this crap and he even the pope turns to his followers like you know if this is part of your own individual beliefs then you're gonna have to repent and she looks at him like really confused and i'm like oh he's definitely manipulating her right now to look good in front of shield hero to to kind of pull the the sweater over his eyes kind of the hood over his eyes kind of thing yeah like yep. oh i'm a, i'm a good guy i'm a completely unbiased when really he's not right yep exactly i agree yeah so things could be said other than that i think i'm pretty good on as far as the anime is concerned mm-hmm. it was solid like definitely liked it we, let's get in some uh matt's manga mentions Okay, so just to kind of go over the manga differences for this one, I will say, especially in the beginning, they do a great job sticking true to the anime. The one thing that's kind of crazy, so they managed to get through 25 slash 26 episodes because the first episode is the essentially a double episode. Right. In 45 chapters, which, I mean, Lance, you know, you've been, we've done quite a few episodes of this at this point. You can get 12 episode anime where it's 40 some chapters so now we're at 25 slash 26 episodes and we have 45 chapters so it was shit for real yeah so they they for mid 40 chapters for a 25 episode condensed well damn good job yeah so they did a really good job one thing that's kind of big is the anime likes to stretch out timelines as compared to what the manga does. So to give an example, in the first episode, they they drag that out to two days. In the manga, everything essentially happens in succession with itself. So in the anime, they get summoned, they talk to them, and then the th- four heroes have that conversation in that nice place, and they're talking about how, oh, this these are all the differences between this world in the world I'm from and they find out about the multi-universe things well in the manga that literally happens like they're talking about the differences between this world and their world as they're all talking to the king initially so it, like there's no long dragged out period it's literally right then in the beginning okay. so then the king brings forth all these adventurers that want to be a part of the different heroes group so then the hero that i don't know if you guys remember but the king makes some sort of excuse about how 
oh, they must be concerned that the hero or the shield hero doesn't really know what's going on, so they don't want to be with him. The king doesn't make that excuse. He's like, oh well, I guess nobody wants to be in your group. Kind of. He so he does. He doesn't give any excuses on why nobody wants to be with the shield. He just says, oh, well, that sucks for you. Okay. So then you remember when Nalfami starts giving Raftalia medicine when she's young to help her with her illness. The manga makes it a little more comical where she acts more like her age, where she spits out that medicine because it's all bitter instead of in the anime where she's just like, oh, this is gross. It's bitter. I, th- I think she does make a comment that it is bitter. Yep. But I think she still takes it regardless. Yeah. So in the in the manga, she just makes this funny face and spits it like she just lets it drool out of her mouth and makes this face. Yeah. Because it's bitter and it's gross. And so it's just kind of it was one of those things where it was funny. Because it made it more like Raftalia being a child versus in the anime where the, she's just complaining about it. Which, I don't know, Alec, I know you have a, a son. Has Does he take medicine or does he hate taking medicine? Um, It really depends. Okay. There are some times where he absolutely loves it and there are times, and it could be the same one, <laughs> and he, he'll just literally... And just all goes down his whole front and you're just like, what happened this time? Yep. And that's exactly what she did was that moment right there was just like, all right, well, I guess you're just not taking this. And that's what she did when he gave her the medicine. When Naofumi fights Matiyasu, Motoyasu, excuse me, and then they're talking about money that's going to get separated to all the individual heroes. Mine, after the fight, talks about how Naofumi is going to get less money because they need to deduct the price for for removal of the slave crest. So it's just one of those things where they just elongating the timeline versus in the manga where they shorten everything, where it's immediately after the duel between Naofumi and Matayasu is when this conversation is happening, not later on in the day or the next day, which is kind of how they make it seem in the anime. So after that is when Naofumi and Raftalia are having their conversation on on the balcony and she makes now for me a sandwich and he finally has delicious food in the country for the first time Ooh, i wanted to make a quick comment i made a star um because it was like in the beginning of the episode like uh, episode like three four or something like that he's like now Fumi makes a reference like i can no longer taste food yep mm-hmm. and then i made a star i'm like did now Fumi get the coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. just a side note he he got uh that world's coronavirus but just for him yeah. So one thing that Naofumi does that's different in the manga is he actually shows his affection towards Raftalia and gives her a kiss on the cheek. Does he? Yes. Okay. So after that, so it's one of those things where you can infer that because this is the first time that he actually sees her as an adult is after is like right at, right before all these things happen. So he starts actually somewhat showing some affection towards not Na- or Raftalia, and you can almost infer that the feelings are mutual, but now for me just doesn't know how to properly express his 
feelings towards Rough Dahlia. Yeah. At that point, uh, the grimoire that the medicine owner, medicine shop owner gives Naofumi is a grimoire for medium level medicine. Just something that's kind of important. So it's nothing, it's not novice level and it's not some super high class level. It's just some inner, or yeah, some intermediate level medicine knowledge, which I found kind of important because that gives you a rough idea of the ability level that Naofumi has at this point. Also, you find out that Naofumi starts learning the language of the land through Raftalia. So Raftalia can read and write and do all these things. And she is the one that teaches Naofumi how to read and write. Right. And they kind of skipped over all that when Naofumi ran into that like tombstone thing at the near the end of the uh, series yep. when he went at, after he learned of Lark yep. and gave that kind of spiritual thing from that tomb to Raftalia. Like he just so happened. Like I, that's to me, that's the first time they learned that I learned that there was a separate language. So they do talk about it in the beginning where, or excuse me, I know for a fact they talk about it when Raftalia and Nalfami and Lark and his group are speaking and Raftalia is like, oh, you must be from a different country because she didn't know what they were saying. And then that's the first glimpse in which you're like, oh man, I wonder if they're, they have different some... speaking languages? Well, not speaking languages, but you see the ability, you see Lark giving the ability away to be able to speak different languages, which is the same thing that the other heroes have, is that they can understand their language right away right. because of their their hero ability. So the second time through when I saw that, I was like, oh man, I wonder, well, I knew that they, they were already from a different world and they were other heroes, but I was like, oh man, that's a dead giveaway that they're probably heroes from another world is seeing that little glimpse of her taking the ability away from his scythe to be able to speak a different language. So if you guys watch that episode again, you'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, that's okay. right. I, I remember that one specifically because he took this like orb away and gave it to uh, the girl with the, the bracelet. Yep. But isn't that girl with the bracelet also one of the heroes or is they that... Don't, they don't specifically say that she's a hero. Okay. Because now that you say that... Now I'm going to think that she's not one of the heroes because she wasn't able to automatically understand language. I mean, maybe she might have just been a, a party member of Lark. Like Raftalia no, is. Too. Like Raftalia is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to... No, just because, of, just because of that by itself, because they had to transfer a skill, mm -hmm. I don't think she's part of one of the heroes. So I think the heroes from the other world are going to be Lark and Glass, not the girl with that special bracelet. Yeah. Okay, so I think with that statement alone, I can already subtract her from one of the potential four. Yep. Okay. Yep. Me too. Now that you bring it up, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So if anybody who doesn't remember that moment, I think it's like episode 23 or something like that. Somewhere around there. When he first meets Lark and all them. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, and then the race between Motoyasu and Naofumi for the village, how 
how it ends is Motoyasu actually falls into the hole that is meant for Naofumi and Philo to fall into so that Motoyasu could win the race. So in the anime, Naofumi barely beats Motoyasu because he like skips over the the pit. Yep. And, yeah, he flies over. Yep, he uses his shield to fly to yeah fly over the pit and in the manga he uses the shield to fly over the pit but then motoyasu falls into the pit because it's so big oh a little more hilarious yeah it's definitely more comical (laughs) then naofumi's reward for winning was the traveling merchant's coin and then it was also the wagon so i don't know if they go into the anime on how he gets the wagon but that was the that was his second reward for winning that race i think the village just gave it to him because they liked him i think that's how they framed it i don't remember mm, i guess i'm kind of blank on how they came across the carriage and self like yeah he said that i don't want your money is there something else you can pay me with and they all looked they just all looked at the wagon yeah so uh, that's kind of how it worked in the manga I, if i remember that that's basically how it works it was probably one of those things where they just kind of gave it to him like here we're gonna give you this and we're gonna give you the uh merchant's coin mm-hmm. and then the night in the anime where philo transforms into the human is a little different she transforms into the large bird form uh, now Fumi brings her to the slave merchant to study her and that is where she transforms not oh uh now for me sleeping with philo in the bird form it's she's in the bird form at the slave merchant where he's studying her and as he's now for me is walking away she transforms into the human form of philo so just i mean slightly different one thing I found funny when Nelfumi brings Philo and Raftalia to the blacksmith for the for the first time for Philo and and the blacksmith gives Philo uh food in the anime it's a sandwich and in the manga it's actually ramen. Oh. Uh, just some good old censoring going on right there. Just making it more American. western westernized. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Western, good way, yeah. When Naofumi saves the town from the killer tree, that killer tree that Motoyasu very stupidly planted. The cursed seed. Yep. Mm-hmm. He actually kills the tree without anybody knowing about it. Naofumi? So, yeah, Naofumi and the his group kill the tree and give the, give the town the seed, like leave the seeds without anybody knowing about it. So in the manga, or in the, excuse me, in the anime, basically like half the town knows that that Naofumi is saving them and in the manga because at this point he's still technically the devil of the shields according to most everybody else yep he uh tries to not be seen as much as he can okay so he saves the town without actually without anybody knowing all the town knows is that an adventurer accepted the request to kill the tree and then i don't know if you guys picked up on this but especially in the beginning now transforms his shield into a book yep they make multiple references i mean they don't really explain it but you see it multiple times mm-hmm. yeah so the reason why he does that is to give people to not think of him as the shield hero okay so they don't he doesn't want prejudice upon him before they actually before they meet him i kind of assu- they never come out and say it, but i kind of made that assumption i was like oh he's got a book on his arm 
now. I was like, is he doing that to appear normal? Yep, and that's exactly what it was. So they never explain it, but you can infer it. You find out that the shield hero kills the dragon all because of item drops. So another reason why to not like the shield hero, or excuse me, the sword hero, because he's kind of a, mm. an ass only thinking about himself. Sorry to ruin your, your love of Ren. Uh, I love them. <laughs> I love them sword heroes. You uh, reminded me a lot of Kirito from Sword Art Online, so I was like, <laughs> oh, gotta do it. Um, let's see. Uh, Philo, during the fight with the dragon, gets eaten because the slave crest basically freezes her because Naofumi is telling Philo to come back to him. So in the anime, they just kind of make it seem like Philo gets, or the dragon gets the upper hand on Philo, and that's how he eats her, or it eats her. Mm-hmm. And in the manga it's because the slave crest essentially makes her unable to move okay which is also one of the reasons why now for me feels so terribly because it's essentially his fault that she gets eaten makes sense also philo is only one month old at that point yeah yeah, yeah she's definitely not old she was yeah she's under a year uh yeah she's uh one month crazy then when they all meet melty for the first time it is when raftalia is still recovering from the curse and they are doing a perimeter check and that's when they run into melty for the first time with talking with all the fololeals yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those things where i kind of missed like the timeline type of thing on what was going on i thought they were walking back to the castle to get some of the proper holy water but that's not the case it raftalia was still recovering so this was before they had the intention of walking back they were just checking the perimeter of that town let's see after the second wave when naofumi is walking down those stairs you know how he meets one of the shadow individuals mm-hmm. so in the manga she's dre- that shadow individual is dressed up as the queen not as just a random individual and he's kind of like isn't she somebody and then she's gone when they go back to that well is that uh is that the same shadow that always says i dare say mm-hmm. yeah that same one yeah so it's the one that's dressed up as like a nun or whatever it yeah. was yeah so she's not dressed up as a nun she's dressed up as the queen okay she's imitating the queen she's supposed to be the body double of the queen okay but it's but it is that one that it, always... yeah it's the same person um when they go into the dungeon where that one evil lord was holding all the slaves where raftalia was mm-hmm. raftalia already knew that uh Lifana was dead so the whole dramatic crying thing because she found out Lifana was dead it's so if you pay attention it's uh Raftalia already knew that she was dead because she died when she was a kid still imprisoned like if you're really paying attention to the timeline so it really makes no sense like that whole part where she gets all emotional really makes no sense the last thing that I can remember is she gave her that fake ass flag and I guess to what I mean if you're gonna say in that tense like after she gave her that flag that you know that flag on a toothpick deal she just like accepted that and died pretty much yeah that's basically what happened in the manga is that she Lifana and Raftalia were talking Lifana dies and then that's when Raftalia never smiles again like that's basically the straw that broke the camel's back if you want to call it sure so in the anime she goes through this whole like oh my god I can't believe she's dead and this whole crying scene it really makes no sense because she already knew she was dead and even in the anime she she knew she was dead so 
that's I'm not sure why seeing her bones made her cry. In the manga, she doesn't cry. She's just like, I need to take her with me and bury her kind of thing. Okay. In the fight with the Pope, they have a bunch of knights from the kingdom that the pope brings to help fight the three or the heroes so they're the two heroes the shield hero and the spear hero instead of just having all those uh, magical users he actually has knights with him to fight and help him kill those two individuals also the cathedral scene yeah that doesn't happen uh-huh. so he doesn't have some super ass no what are the, what do they call it in jujutsu kaisen where they're at their um, special time warp it's a um domain expansion yeah right, no, so he, he, he never he no, never no. had that special domain expansion cathedral no he doesn't have that that's super offensive defensive thing no yeah. that's not a thing one it yeah no. never okay so cathedral never happened in the manga nope cathedral does not happen interesting um hmm. it's kind of anti anti um dramatic but it's one of those things where you're like eh, okay well I, i'll get over it i don't care because if you only read the manga or read the manga first and then saw it you're just like yeah, all right so yeah, i i didn't really care because in all actuality if you think about it the cathedral did yeah I, really I was just thinking about that. i was like what did it actually do other than keep anyone else from going into the fight yes so the cathedral did zero as who else was going to join in it did some like reflective damage that i'm pretty sure like the mirror stuff did actually nothing it was all just a trick yeah is that how that really worked out the, yeah that that mirror like super attack thing that he does that doesn't hurt anybody so if you think about it the cathedral does zero things it's literally just a front yes and religion so when you think about it you're just like oh okay well i guess that's what that is so going into the cross-examination which isn't really a cross-examination the interrogation of mine and the king during that is when mine admits to lying about everything that happened between her and now for me without getting shocked no she 100% gets shocked okay okay but everything happens at that moment it's not so it's again one of those things where they elongate things so in the anime they go from the interrogation and then the queen's like all right well now they have to die and get stripped of all their rights which is really weird it's like well they they're you're sentencing them to death and you're going to strip away their titles well they're already dead so they have no titles so in the in the manga she the queen strips away the titles and then asks Naofumi what their punishment should be and Naofumi says that they should be executed because they don't deserve to live and essentially the queen does some sly things and convinces now for me that death is too good for them and that is when they should be called bitch and trash okay so the the whole so it's uh, a little bit backwards from what the anime did yeah they made it more dramatic in the anime yeah well because in the anime they may have seemed like the whole thing was Naofumi's idea even though the queen was planning on ex- like sacrificing herself yep so in the in the manga the queen basically was like well death is too good for them we can torture them by like flaying parts of their skin and making them wish they would die and like ripping off their limbs and doing other things and he's like no instead i think they should be called bitch and trash (laughs) 
Because even in the manga, he makes a reference how she essentially tricked him into not wanting them to die or not killing them. Also, during that banquet, so the interrogation happens in the afternoon and that evening is when the banquet happens. So again, it's one of those things where they elongated the timeline where it was like the interrogation happens. And then the next day, the fake execution happens and then it's either like the next day or later that day is when the banquet happens is it like all these added timeline pieces don't happen yeah because i'm pretty sure in the anime like nafumi left for a couple days and yeah. came back because he was summoned yeah yeah and no that's no it's literally the sequential it, interrogation all right now we're gonna have a banquet <laughs> and that is when the queen announces to the entire kingdom of the punishments and informs her subjects of the kingdom of that the name changes and them being stripped of their titles. As I had mentioned earlier, when Naofumi fights Glass the second time, he has this idea of what Glass is and he finds out that she is a spirit. So she is not even a living human being. So that is why the spirit shield affects her. The soul eater shield? The soul eater shield huh. affects her so bad. Do you think that's because she came to a different dimension? Like their dimension? I think she's kind of like a Kikyo-esque from Inuyasha where she uses souls to help or uses SP slash souls to help keep her Yeah, alive. good point because the it's not like the soul eater shield did any effect on Lark. Yep, exactly. In fact, it did pretty much the opposite on Lark. He said he's like that hurt but it feels he's like didn't really do much damage i just mostly feel numb mm. basically it stripped him of any like magical attacks so yeah. he couldn't use that super whirlwind attack that killed the norwal looking thing and all he could use were basically physical moves like that snake yes i think he used a snake on him uh, like that counter attack uh, i don't remember oh, i also think of someone go on i mean now if used a snake attack on lark yeah was that a, okay, then, that's what i was Thinking. Lark, yeah, he he uses that double scythe windmill thing. Yeah, and he couldn't couldn't do that because he didn't have any SP. Glass doesn't give that speech about being from another world and having to fight them in order to survive. The only thing that happens is after Naofumi initially sucks some of the SP slash life energy from Glass, you get a close up of her face and she's just crying in desperation and that's when raftalia is like hey there's something weird going on like this doesn't feel right there's something off about this whole situation and that's the only information you get about things being weird about the whole fight between now glass and all them okay they find out about all those things through fitoria so fitoria is the one that gives them the information like hey lark is using a hero's must be using a hero's weapon from another world so lark isn't necessarily from another world he's got another worldly weapon no he's from another world okay 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 i guess that counts so then after the wave the queen and the heroes have a meeting on what needs to happen next and essentially she decides that they need to go through combat training and that's the only way that they can really get stronger because at this point leveling up has done absolutely nothing because mm -hmm. this is the third wave 
And this is the third wave that they've been absolutely useless and done nothing. Pretty much. So, it's been basically a stalemate every time. As far as the other three heroes are concerned. Oh, the other three? Yeah, yeah the been... other three heroes have done absolutely nothing <laughs> yeah, they're for anything. And they're completely useless. Exactly, yeah. So she's like, if you guys want to get stronger and actually be in competition with Naofumi, you guys need to do combat training because you guys are not strong enough. Okay. Well, I can see that line being said in season two for it, at least. So then after that conversation, basically the last episode does not happen in the manga. At least up to this point that I've read so far in the manga. It That does not happen. So the whole him coming to back and then becoming the lord of... Raftalia's original village? Yeah, that has not happened. Setting or something? Yeah. Uh... Say a net. Say yet. Say yet. Yeah, that that has not happened yet. So I've watched the first episode of season two. Basically, there's a... Is season two out already? Season two is out. It started. Yep. Oh, shit. Just to remind our viewers, we are at the end of April. So I guess season two of The Shield Hero has just started. So there's some things that have been skipped as far as the manga and the anime are concerned. And that's literally all I'm going to say. As far as giving a teaser for season two is that there's gonna be some differences even in the beginning of the first episode of season one for season two there are some differences so keep an eye out for episode or next episode of us talking about the shield hero when that finally gets completely dubbed for everybody yeah i mean i mean if we're gonna talk another 20 some episode it might take a minute but we'll Um, definitely recover it it's gonna be 12 episodes they've announced 12 episodes 12 okay i heard a rumor that there's even a third series so or a third season so that there's plenty of information to come supposedly yep and so that's all i have that's handful of differences nothing too crazy a lot of timeline lengthening as far as the anime is concerned but all in all i wouldn't say there's a whole lot of huge differences between the anime and the manga so that's another episode of the anime lounge podcast thank you all for listening and please remember to rate review and subscribe to our episodes